Welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We're an online community of people who believe that even though life can be difficult, complicated, and tiring, Jesus offers a life that is easy, light, and full of rest. And the life Jesus offers isn't simply membership to a religion or a personal philosophy of life, but he offers to transform us into people who live and love just as he did in this world. And so we wanna be a community who are committed to loving everyone just as Jesus has loved us. And so no matter who you are, what you believe about God or what you've done, we want you to be a part of this Jesus movement to love everyone always. And what we hope is that throughout our time together, you experience that God loves you, that he cares about your life. In fact, we say all the time, no matter what you think about God, we believe he can't stop thinking about you. We believe he is for you and that he only has good things for your life. So no matter where you're watching this from, on your phone, on your lunch break, hopefully not while you're driving, we believe that God is present with you right now. And if you can stay open to that, I believe he wants to make himself real to you. And if any point during this video, you have a question, or maybe you feel God speaking to you and you wanna to speak to someone about that, there will be a number on screen the whole time. You can text that number at any point and someone from our team will respond as soon as we can. Because even though right now, this is just a video you're watching, we hope that your interaction with us moves from just being content that you consume to a community that you can be committed to. And one easy way to get more involved with our community is by going to our website, cccanywhere.com. There are a lot of resources there, including some material specifically designed for your children. And the best way for you to get involved with our community is by clicking on the card on that website that says, join our Facebook group. You'll be taken straight to our Community Christian Anywhere group on Facebook, where we can connect with each other during the week. All you have to do is click the join group button and you'll take one quick and easy step into community this week. Now, a couple of months ago, we started a conversation as a church about the issues of racism and racial justice in our world and how we as a church were going to do something to work towards the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus began 2000 years ago. And so we wanna continue this conversation together. Last Tuesday, we started a class to study the book, The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby together. This is an educational, powerful, and at times, painful examination of the American church's complicity in the problems of racism in our country and how we can work together to bring about God's kingdom vision of reconciliation between peoples in our world. And it's not too late for you to join if you'd like to. All you have to do is uh, go to our website, cccanywhere.com and click on the card that says racial reconciliation course. Fill out the card there and let us know whether you'll be joining us online or in person. The courses are identical and happening simultaneously. We just need to know from you if you'll be joining us so we can get you the info you need. So make sure to fill out that card right now. And while you do that, let's get into our main idea for the day. My daughter, Abby, runs cross country for her high school. So most Saturday mornings in the fall, you can find me and my wife standing out in some remote place cheering her on. But if you've ever been a spectator at a cross country meet, you know that it can become a pretty active thing. The course is spread out over three miles, so you can never watch the entire race. 
So what we have to do is find these strategic spots where we can see my daughter running on the course and then figure out how to get to all these spots ahead of her so that we can see her run by. Now, one time I had an interesting experience while I was doing this. Uh, the course that she was running that day, it wrapped around this huge lake and there was a really high hill that we could stand on and we could see the runners coming in and out of the woods for a very long distance all around this lake. It was a really great place to just stand and watch almost the whole race. So far off in the distance on the other side of that lake, we see these runners start to come out of the woods. So now we're looking to find Abby. All of a sudden, we see a runner with our school colors come out of the woods. And my wife just says to me, hey, is that Abby? And of course, being the confident male that I am, I said, oh yeah, that's her. And I know it's her because I can tell by her stride. I can see the way she runs. In fact, look, that's her ponytail. That's definitely Abby. So all of our attention goes to Abby and we're watching her make her way closer to us and we're cheering and willing her on. And as she gets a little closer, I notice she's a little bit taller than I remember her being. And that stride, it's a little bit different. She got a little closer and I started getting a better look at her face. And at some point I realized we've been focusing on the wrong girl. This is not my daughter. Now here's why I find what I find interesting about that whole story. I had everybody who was standing around me that day just convinced that we were watching my daughter run. And we were all wrong. But because I was so convinced and I was so confident that it really was Abby, we all started interpreting everything we saw through that filter. Now that story is just a harmless little example. But here's the fact. We tend to do that very same thing in our lives and it can have much more serious consequences. See, we can get a lie planted in our minds and then we start believing that lie. And once that happens, we interpret everything we see, everything we experience through that lie, through that lens. And if we do that long enough, it can make it nearly impossible for us to see the truth. Now I want you to hold on to that thought right there because we're gonna come back to it in just a little bit. Well, if you're new to our community, my name's Jason, and I am so glad you joined us for this conversation today. We're in part three of a series called Triggered. And today, I wanna build on what we've been learning up to this point in the series. So, if you missed parts one and two, make sure to go back and check those out. You can find them right here on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. Now, what we've learned so far is that you and I, we tend to get triggered when we hear or experience something that uncovers some uh, unhealed wound in our past. And whenever that happens, we instantly react in a way that well, really is an overreaction to what we're actually experiencing. And we can be triggered to become angry or enraged, but sometimes the reaction, it's fear or, or insecurity. And what we learned is that it comes from a specific part of our brain that's designed to protect us. So when I've had an experience in my past that made me feel unsafe, then I hear or experience something that brings that back up or reminds me of it, my brain instantly puts me into a fight or flight reaction in order to protect me. Now usually that comes out as anger or rage, even though the truth is 
I'm not in danger, but I feel like I am. And that trigger, it causes the overreaction. And then that overreaction, well, that's what winds up hurting my relationships. And so what we've learned is we need to spot these symptoms early. We need to de-escalate the situation. We need to ask ourselves questions like this. Why am I so angry right now? Why did those words or those particular actions make me feel like I needed to react this way? And see, when we ask ourselves questions like that, what we're doing is we're re-engaging the more rational part of our brain, the part that helps us make better decisions, build relationships. Now for today, here's what I want us to discuss. What makes your triggered reactions so intense and so powerful? Why do you get so defensive when someone tells you you're wrong? Why do you lash out at people when they disagree with you? Why is it so hard to open up, to be vulnerable with people that you're in relationship with? Why are you so afraid or suspicious of what people around you are saying or doing? Well, listen, there, there are no simple answers to those questions, and I would never pretend to know all the answers, but I think for most of us, it goes back to, well, the example that I used just a moment ago. See, we wind up believing a lie, and then we filter everything through that lie, and it winds up distorting our reality. See, I believe if we could just all go back and re-examine that initial wound that created the trigger in you, we'd probably find that somewhere along the way, there was a story that got attached to it. It was a story that you began telling yourself, or maybe a story that you heard from another person to just explain what happened, or maybe a story that began to define who you are as a person. And over time, well, you heard the story so much, you started to believe it. But in reality, the story's a lie. It's not true. But now you've been living like it's true. And one of the reasons you get triggered is because you're believing that lie. Now listen, we all have lies we believe. We all have lies that we tell ourselves. But Jesus taught that these lies, they come from our spiritual enemy, the devil. One time Jesus said this about the devil. When he lies, it's consistent with his character because he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Now let me say this, you may not consider yourself a Jesus follower yet, and maybe you're not sure you buy into the whole devil thing. But the truth is you really don't have to in order to understand that there are lies that we tell ourselves and there are lies that we get told and they harm us. But here's the good news. I believe that there is a third story that God is telling. Past the lies we get told and the lies we tell ourselves, there is another story. And if we can just hear it, we can begin to put an end to the triggers and the rage and the fear. But in order to hear what God is telling us, we first have to sort through the lies. And that's what I want us to work on during our time together here today. And just a reminder, if anything we talk about brings up a question for you, or if you think of something you'd like to share, well, I'd love to hear from you. You can always text me at the number on the screen, and I'll respond as soon as I can. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, so what kind of lies are we talking about here? Where do they come from? 
And how do people start believing them and then allowing them to affect their lives in the first place? Well, I want you to watch a video that illustrates just one of the ways that this can happen to us. Then I'll come back and we'll talk some more about it. PRN, as needed. Yep. CPAP, CPAP, uh, continuous positive airway pressure. Yes. OBS. Oh, God, nothing. Organic brain syndrome. OBS, organic brain syndrome. OS. Oh, I feel like I should know this one. Left eye. Left eye. Shouldn't it be L-E? Left eye. Oh, no. Everything has to be in Latin. You know, the Catholic Church entered the 21st century. Perhaps the medical world can as well. B-U-N. B-U-N. I, I have no idea. This is impossible. I'm never going to get this. Oh. Blood urea nitrogen. What does blood urea nitrogen have to do with taking temperatures and giving shots? Lord, I could use some help. He doesn't care about you. <laughs> oh, but why should you want to help me now, right? Since I started school, I let's see, I haven't prayed, I have skipped church, and I've neglected my family. So what else is new? I don't need this. Not now. I don't have the time. Why don't you just give up? Must you always intrude? Nursing. What makes you think you could be a nurse? Concentrate, stay focused. You could study till health freezes over and you still wouldn't get it. I'll get it. You've always been a dreamer, Laura. Well, dreams don't accomplish anything except the figment of the dreamer's imaginations. Why is it that every time I try to do something, you invade my thoughts? Where are the kids? Kids are fine. They're at a friend's house. Well, they should be with their mother. They are with me. Just just not tonight. Oh, they spend more time with the friend than they do their own mother. It's just, it's just until school's over. The kids know, they understand. They've been really supportive. Oh, kids are not supportive. They're just stupid. I'm not stupid. Well, you couldn't hold a job, could you? Couldn't keep a family together, a marriage. I quit that job, and I divorced my husband. I risked my case. Because they weren't any good. That's why I want to do this nursing thing, because it's something that I've always loved and I've always wanted to do, just for me. Sorry I didn't bring my violin. For me, not for anybody else. And I'm going to work really hard. You never worked hard at anything. I am going in your to life. work really hard. You never accomplished anything. What makes you think you can accomplish anything now? Because I'm different now and I'm stronger and I'm smarter. 
you've never been smart. And I'm not alone anymore. Oh, a boyfriend. <laughs> I should have known you'd never last on your own. Uh, I have, I have God now. You've got God now. That's good. Oh, yep. The weirdos always end up there sooner or later. He happens to care about me. Who are you kidding? Why should he care about you? Why should he care about someone like you who abandoned her husband, her kids, her job, all for an imaginary career? You can't do this anymore. You're dead. And you're a dreamer, Laura. You always have been. You always will be. Can't do anything about it. Why don't you just give up all this nursing stuff and go back to your family? It's what's best, Laura. I mean, who knows you better than me? You're good. Oh, mom. You know, maybe that scene really hit home with some of you because you've had some similar kind of experiences. Or maybe it just reminds you of voices or events from your past that have left their mark on your heart and in your mind. And if you'd like to talk to someone about that, again, just text me and we'll start a conversation. And who knows? That might be the very first step you take to find healing. Or maybe you didn't relate to that and you're still struggling to see how these lies get started. Well, let me share some more specific examples with you. And I know not all of these are going to apply directly to your life. Maybe some of them will, but I think it'll help us make it more clear how these lies get started and how they wind up destroying our lives. So a little boy grows up in a home where he watches three father figures come in and out of his life. And every time one of them leaves, it hurts. He's confused. He longs for them and he needs the love and the guidance of a father. But he can't understand why they can't just work it out. Why they can't stop arguing and get along with each other. So his little mind tries to come up with an explanation and a lie gets planted inside of him. It's your fault. If you'd been a better boy, you would have stayed. You're unworthy. You're unlovable. And that little boy who believes that lie becomes a man who believes it too. And now every relationship he's in, he feels like everybody he gets close to will eventually leave him. So he tries to guard, to protect his heart he gets close to people, but not too close. And every time there's a conflict in the relationship, that wound gets uncovered and he hears those lies all over again. And he lashes out. He pushes people away. A girl grows up in a very strict religious home. And pretty early on, it becomes clear to her. Love, approval, acceptance. Well, that's something you earn by being good, keeping all the rules perfectly. And if you make a mistake, you're shunned. You're cast aside. But if you work hard, 
you do things right, you belong. And the lie she believes is her worth is based on her accomplishments, her morality. So today, as a grown woman, she has no patience for people who don't work hard and live right. Her standards, they're so high, no one can measure up. Not her husband, not her kids, not even herself. And she just seems to be angry all the time and no one's really sure why. In fact, she's not even sure why she's so frustrated all the time, but it just feels normal to her. Or maybe you experience a horrible tragedy. You lose someone you love, or you become the victim of a crime or some type of abuse. And because it was such a traumatic event, the lie that gets embedded in your thinking is this world, it's not a safe place. People are all out to harm me. No one can be trusted. And so that lie winds up being the filter you see everything and everyone through. So you huddle up, try to protect yourself and everyone else in your family to the point that it's unhealthy. It's suffocating you. Or you're just suspicious of almost everyone, which makes everyone outside of your little circle an enemy to be defeated. And you're constantly anxious, and you're constantly fearful, and there's just no joy in your life. Now, I could go on and give you so many more examples, but see these lies? They attach themselves to our thinking, and they wind up hurting us and hurting other people around us. And listen, it's not an intentional thing that we're doing. We don't want to hurt other people, but there's this cycle that gets started with these fears or these wounds that we suffer in our lives. We become hurt people, and then hurt people, they wind up hurting other people. Not because you're bad or you're evil, but because we've come to believe these things about the world and about ourselves that are just not true. You know, right at the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus was in a worship gathering and they asked him to read some words from the book of Isaiah, which is found in the Jewish scriptures. And Jesus wanted to reveal to people who he was, God's Messiah, God's chosen one, the one who would reveal exactly what God was like to the world. So Jesus reads these words that were written thousands of years before about what the Messiah would come and do. Here's what he read. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released, prisoners will be set free. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, what's interesting about this is that Jesus actually stops reading Isaiah's words mid-sentence. It's like he kind of cuts him off. That passage, it goes on to talk about how the day is also coming when God's justice is gonna come and he's gonna repay all evil. But Jesus doesn't quote that part about himself. Why? See, it's as if Jesus is saying to us, yes, there is a day coming when all those hurts and those wounds and that evil that's been done to you and in this world, it's gonna be punished, it's gonna be dealt with. But not this day. Right now in me, Jesus said, this is the time of God's favor. I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to break that cycle that you find yourself in of hurt people hurting other people. I'm here to set you free from all that. If you're willing to trust me and follow me and receive the life that I've come to offer you. So how does that happen? 
Well, we're only set free from the wounds and the lies that came with those wounds when we allow God into the painful memories where those lies got started. We have to re-examine the wounds from our past. Now, let me say one thing first. For some of you to do this, it's gonna take a lot of courage, a lot of careful work, because some of those memories, well, they're very painful. I get that. So please, don't do this alone. Maybe you need to find a good counselor who'll help you walk you through that, but maybe you need to find a, a trusted friend at least, or someone from your small group if you have one. And if you're not sure who to turn to, well, we would love to walk with you through that process. Again, all you have to do is just text the number on the screen. We'll help you. Because the truth is, you're not alone. God is with you, and He's for you, and so are we. Now, what does it mean to let God into your painful memories from your past? Well, part of it is just seeing those things from God's perspective. See, no matter what we've done or what evil has been done to us, Jesus has paid the price for it through his death on the cross. And now, through him, forgiveness of sins has been offered to the whole world. See, it's God's job to take vengeance. It's God's job to make things right. And so we have to learn to let it go and forgive and stop being chained to our past because it's those past hurts and memories that just keep us triggered. And it's those lies that we believe that keep us at odds with ourselves and with others. And at some point, we have to figure out a way to put those in God's hands and forgive and let go. Now, let me say this. I know that's a lot easier said than done. I get that. And we'll be talking about this more later on in the series, but that really is the answer to being set free from the captivity of these wounds and these lies from our past. But right now, I want to go a little deeper into this idea of combating the lies that we tend to filter everything through that wind up leading us away from God and the life that He offers to us. So how do we do this? Well, I think it starts right here. And this is something that I would encourage every one of us to do this week. Write down all the lies and where you've been agreeing with those lies. And I really mean that. I want you to write them down, type them out where you can look at them and read them for yourself. And this is so important because this is gonna help you when we get to the next step, when we try to counter these lies with the truth. And I know what you're probably thinking. You might be sitting there thinking, where do I even begin? How do I identify the lies that I'm believing? And I tell you, it's a really tough thing to do because see the nature of lies and the nature of, of our enemy is they are, they're designed to deceive us. So this can be really hard for us to identify in ourselves, but here's a place that you just might wanna start. Think about the moments or the words or the situations in your life that tend to trigger you the most. The things in life that make you the most angry, the most frustrated, fearful, defeated. And whenever you get triggered towards that feeling, see, there's a story that you're telling yourself in that moment. There's an internal explanation that you have that goes along with your reaction, and it's usually what you're using to excuse the reaction. So the question is, what is that story? What's that statement? Why are you so angry? Why are you so fearful? Why did you react that way? And listen, I, I know you're just hearing this for maybe the first time and you hadn't had a whole lot of time like me to sit and think about it. So here's the deal. I'll go first. 
See, for me, the thoughts inside my head that lead to my triggers of anger and fear and defeat, they sound a lot like this. You're a failure. You didn't say it right. You didn't do it right. See, you messed it up again. <laughs> You're not perfect. I mean, you can do better and everybody knows you can do better. There's always gonna be someone around you who, who's better than you. So why don't you just stop? Just give up. Why are you even bother trying? Just walk away. <laughs> See, I've actually given a name to that voice. I call it my internal critic. And you know what? He lives in my head almost all the time. But over time, I've learned he's a liar. And he just wants to trigger me, lead me away from God. So let me ask you, what about you? Can you identify the lies that you're agreeing with? Why don't we just take a moment right now and just reflect on it? And again, if you want to share any of your thoughts with me, just text me at that number. I'd love to hear from you. As we pray and reflect together, read the words in bold aloud. Let's pray. Father of truth and love, help us to identify any deceptive thoughts, whether about ourselves, other people, or even you, that are destroying your good work in our lives. For every lie comes from our enemy, of whom you said, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now in the silence that follows, ask your heavenly father to reveal any lies that you have accepted as truth. Allow him to show you how these lies have led you to emotionally triggered reactions that have damaged yourself and others. Listen closely to his voice of truth now. Let's continue to pray. King Jesus, we reject the voice of deceit from our enemy. May your voice be the only one we listen to. Remove all the lies that blind us from the truth and help us to live in the freedom of your truth. For you have said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now ask the God of truth to show you the truth that you cannot see. Ask him to give you his eyes to see the truth about yourself, others, and him. Listen closely to him now. Let's continue to pray. Spirit of truth, help us to live in the light of your truth rather than the darkness of lies and deceit. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to the places where you live. Then I will go to the altar of God, the God of my joy, and I will praise you, O God, my God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we pray, amen.
Now, let me encourage you with something. You know, this process of identifying the lies that we believe and what's going on in our internal dialogue, it can be a pretty long and difficult task. And it's probably gonna take you several tries and lots of time to sort through it all. Because if you're like me, you got a lot of lies and voices in your head to sort through. But before we end our time here together, I just wanna introduce you to the final part of this process because it's actually my favorite part. How do we break free from the lies we've been told and the lies that we tell ourselves? And how do we listen to the third story that God is telling us? Well, the best way that I've ever found to do that is by combating those lies with God's word found in the pages of the Bible. And this is why it's so important that you write all of this down because once you've written down the lie that you're believing, then you can go back and write down beside it what God says about it. See, one time Jesus told his followers, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and then you will know the truth and that truth will set you free. See, it's the truth of God that can set us free from the bondage of the lies that our wounds have told us. When we set our minds on what God says to us and what he says about us, and then we trust in it and we live like it's true, that truth sets us free from the triggers and the anger and the fear. So what are the lies that you're believing? And then what does God's word say about them? For example, I'm a failure. You just ought to give up. What does God say? He says, don't get tired of doing what's good. At the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. But I'm alone in my struggle. Nobody understands me. But see, God says, those temptations in your life, they're not any different from what other people experience. God is faithful to you. He won't allow those temptations to be more than what you can stand. And when you are tempted, He's going to show you a way out. But I'm not good enough. God says, He made you perfect, the ones who are being made holy. God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. And He did that through Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. But I'm unlovable. Jesus said that He loved you just like the Father has loved you. And He tells us to remain in His love. God's Word says nothing in all of creation can separate you from the love of God. Being vulnerable, it, it makes me feel so weak. God says you can boast in your weaknesses because when you're weak, that's when you're strong. See, beside every lie that you've ever agreed with in your head, you can write down what God's Word says about it right there beside it, and then you can just compare the two. And I know you might feel silly doing this, but I wanna encourage you, renounce the lie by reading God's Word out loud. In fact, memorize it if you have to and repeat it all throughout your day. Because see, some of us have believed these lies for so long, it's gonna take a while for us to get the truth embedded into our minds so that we can trust in it and live according to that truth. In fact, once you've identified all the lies and you've countered them with the truth, here's what you've done. You've essentially created for yourself a new set of beliefs. You've given yourself new thoughts, new principles to live your life by. Now listen, I already know what some of you may be thinking. You're like, well, look, I don't even know where to start. I mean, the Bible, that's like a really big book. How do I go about finding all these truths to counteract all of these lies? 
Let me give you two suggestions that maybe you want to try. First, you can go to the App Store right now on your phone and download the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. And then once you're in that app, tap the search button and look up the phrase or the topic of the lie that you've written down. And the app is going to suggest to you a whole list of verses that you can read. In fact, the Bible app will even read the Bible to you if you want it to. It's a really great tool to have at your disposal anytime you need to hear God's Word. But here's my other suggestion. Let me help you. I mean that. Text the lie that you've been believing right now to the number on the screen. And when you do, I'll send you back a verse from God's Word that will counteract that lie. And I really do mean that. I'll respond as soon as I can because, listen, we really do want to connect with you. We really want to help you break free from these lies and for you to live in the truth of God and of His kingdom. Followers of Jesus believe that the moment when we saw the truth about God and ourselves most clearly was when Jesus Christ went to the cross on our behalf. There are a lot of ideas about God in our world, but in the moment when Jesus died for us, the truth about God's powerful and personal love for us became clear. God is not angry at us. He's not ignorant to our suffering and our pain. In fact, on the cross, he entered into our suffering and took it upon himself. The cross shows us that God is intimately involved in the details of our world and our lives. And his love is the solution for all the problems we face. The cross also reveals the truth about ourselves. We are loved. No matter what anyone has told us or what our pasts have convinced us is true, no matter what lies we've believed about ourselves, the cross speaks loudly. You are loved just as you are broken and messy and triggered, you are loved by the God who made you. He loved you so much that he would take on the suffering of the world and die for you so that he could adopt you as his child. And this is what we remember every week when we receive the meal of communion together. Followers of Jesus use the emblems of bread and juice to remember Jesus' body and blood given for us to adopt us as his dearly loved children. And so if you're planning on receiving communion today, would you get whatever elements you have nearby, a piece of bread or a cracker to remember Jesus' body given to forgive your sins and offer you new life, and a cup of juice or even water to remember Jesus' blood poured out to bring you into his family. And if you're here today and you're not sure you believe all that we do, I hope you'll use this time to reflect on all you've experienced today. Listen to the following song that talks about the truth of who we are and who our God is. Could the words of this song be true? Maybe use this time to reach out to us through text or to reach out to God in prayer, asking him if he's real, he'd make himself real to you. I believe he wants to do that. But as we receive the elements of communion, let's listen to this song that reminds us of the truth that no matter what names we have been called or we call ourselves, the God of heaven calls us son or daughter. And if we can live in this truth, it can change our lives. Before he spoke creation, 
the God of heaven knew our names, formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display, and his heart is good, he is always kind, with the cross he on our side we are the sons we are the daughters of God no matter where we go we're close to the Father's heart and though we stumble he will not let us fall we are the are the sons, we are the daughters of God. His love he lavished on us and called us children of the loving kindness he chose the lowly and the weak and his heart is good he is always kind with the cross he proved he is on our side we are the sons we are the daughters of God no matter where we go we're close to the Father's heart and though we stumble he will not let us fall we are the Lord's and he will never forsake the sons we are the daughters of God when the lies speak louder than the truth remind me I belong to I can't see past the dark of night Remind me you're always by my side When the lies speak louder than the truth Remind me I belong to you When I can't see past the dark of night remind me you're always by my side we 
are the sons, we are the daughters of God. No matter where we go, we're close to the Father's heart. Though we stumble, He will not let us fall. We are the Lord's and He will never forsake His all. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. I hope today's experience was meaningful for you. And I hope what you take away most of all is that God is for you and that we are too. And if anything today raised questions for you or maybe you felt like God was speaking to you and you wanna speak to someone about that, please text the number on screen right now and someone from our team will get in touch with you. And as always, we want your experience with us to be more than just content you consume, but a community you can be committed to. We don't believe that one video you watch is gonna change your life, but if you can get involved with a community of people to walk this out in your life with, it'll change everything. So please take a moment right now to go to our website, cccanywhere.com, to find out how you can get more connected with us here. There are ways to get involved in a virtual small group to discuss what you're learning here and even resources for your children. For those of you who have been around for a little while and you're starting to call Community Christian Anywhere your church, I hope you'd consider giving to support what we as a church are doing, not because we need your money, but because a part of loving and following Jesus is supporting the body of Christ, his church. And one way we can do that is by giving a little of what God has given to us back to him. There's a way for you to do that on cccanywhere.com as well. But the best way to get involved with our community is by clicking on the card on our website that says, join our Facebook group. That link will take you straight to our Community Christian Anywhere group, where if you click the Join Group button, you'll take one easy step toward getting more involved with our community here. I hope to see you there. And as you leave today, please carry this thought with you. No matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you. <laughs>